politics, football, faith, and theology. You're listening to Pfft Podcast, and I'm your host, Daniel. It's been a while. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you are listening to me, if anybody's listening to me. If you're listening to me, there's a probably a good chance that you are God Almighty, because, you know, that might be the only listener I have, but being omniscient and all that, God has to listen to everything, uh, no matter what I say. So... <clears throat> All right, but maybe not. Maybe maybe you're just an average human being, and you've tuned in, and if so, thank you for being here. The draft is coming up soon. Just a few days, just a couple of days from now. Thursday is opening night, and all eyes are on the quarterbacks. Of course, there's a lot going on, more than just the quarterbacks, but what I want to focus on, since quarterbacks are always a big focus of the draft, and we've got a lot of teams in the market for quarterbacks right now, I want to ask, how likely are you to successfully draft a franchise quarterback? Okay, and I'm going to ask this from two perspectives. One is as a fan. Okay, as a fan, you want to know you're watching the draft or it's the next morning and you're talking with people over Zoom because there's no water coolers to be found anywhere uh, in this, you know, time. And you're talking with your friends over Zoom and you're like, you know, oh, what did you think of this pick? How likely do you think he's going to be a success? You know, wow, what did you think of the fact that the uh, that the Bengals ended up taking Tua and the Redskins dropped Dwayne Haskins like a bomb and took Joe Burrow and then the Dolphins traded up to take Justin Herbert, you know, whatever. And I, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. That's not actually what I think is going to happen. Although if it does happen, then that was totally what I thought was going to happen. Okay, so then I, I'm a genius, right? Okay, I'm gonna be just on the chance that that happens. I'm gonna I'm gonna save this clip. Okay, but uh, you know you're talking over the water cooler, virtual water cooler, whatever, and you want to know how likely it is that this quarterback's gonna be a successful franchise quarterback. That's one perspective, and and you know it's always great if you can be like, oh no man, I'd give it give it a one in three chance tops that he ends up even lasting six years. Okay, uh, if you can say that, and then you know you turn out to be right then uh, all your friends will be impressed if they're still your friends. They probably won't be because you're such a Debbie Downer, but, you know, that's the that's the problem with being statistically smart. Okay. And then the other perspective is as a general manager. If you are in desperate need of a franchise quarterback and you're going to say, all right, this pick, I'm going to take whoever is the best available at, at that point, whoever's left on the board, how likely are you historically, statistically, whatever, to succeed. Of course, you know, it depends on the specific guy that you're looking at, of course. But if you just walk in before you even do your evaluations and say, all right, we've got to take a franchise quarterback. Uh, Let's look at who we have and figure out who to take, but we're going to take somebody. Then uh, we can talk about statistically how likely is that to succeed, depending on where your pick is. So those are the two perspectives I'm going to look at. I went back through the last... 35 years worth of drafts from 1983 to 2017. I didn't do 2018 and 2019 because the jury's still out on all those guys. We don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to be a successful franchise quarterback or not. We don't know if uh, Sam Darnold or uh, Josh Allen, even Lamar Jackson, I mean, he could get injured and you know only last a couple of years. Uh, and so I looked at all of these last drafts from 1983 to 2017 and said, who has been a successful franchise quarterback coming out of these drafts? Now, there's two franchise quarterbacks who did not come out of these drafts. Steve Young, 
came out of a supplemental draft. It was weird. I don't know. Uh, before my time. And then uh, I guess Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent. He's the only undrafted free agent in this time to become a franchise quarterback. Uh, other than that, it's it's all been you know through the draft, as you would expect. And my definition of a franchise quarterback was a pretty broad one. Somebody who has been the face of the franchise for about six years, six years or more. Okay, so if you're struggling and there's a quarterback controversy for two of those years, I'm not going to count you as a franchise quarterback. Sorry, Alex Smith. Okay, uh, I'm also sorry that you got injured. Life's been rough, but you're probably a millionaire unless you've spent all your money on something dumb. So I guess you don't have it too hard. But still, you know. Okay, so franchise quarterback means six years or more as the face of the franchise. Okay. Now, I don't know. We haven't seen Patrick Mahomes even do that yet, but we know he's going to unless something crazy happens. So I'm counting him as a franchise quarterback. You know, up till 2017, we can be pretty confident. Uh, I'm going to give a yes to, I'm going to give a green light to Deshaun Watson. Um,. Who else has still not done it yet? I think Jared Goff, I'm going to give him a green light. I'm going to give Kirk Cousins. You know, he signed two extensions worth a lot of money, so I'm going to give him that green light. Carson Wentz, I'm going to give that to him because, you know, if if your franchise gets rid of a Super Bowl MVP to stick with you, then you know they're pretty committed. Jimmy Garoppolo, his franchise turned down Tom Brady twice to stick with him. I'm pretty sure they're going to have him as their guy. So, all right, so I've got... A few guys here and there who I'm counting as franchise quarterbacks, even though they haven't officially done it yet, uh, just so I can have more data. Okay, otherwise, I'd have to you know cut it off at like 2015 or something. So I didn't want to do that. Okay, so we've got 1983 to 2017, 35 years. Those are the years we can be pretty confident on. And I want to know how successful are you at the number one overall pick, number two through number five, Number 6 through 15, second half of the first round, the second round, the third or fourth round, or the fifth round plus. Okay? So, number one overall. In 35 years, there were 19 quarterbacks taken at this pick with a 10 for 19 success ratio. Okay? So, that's actually pretty low. It's just barely half, which is number one overall pick. Think about that. Imagine taking a number one overall pick and wasting it and, you know, being the Browns or something. They've done it multiple times. It's sad, sad. Okay, but it's really, really hard. This is my conclusion because it drops off from here. My conclusion is drafting a franchise quarterback is really, really freaking hard. Okay. So, and this is this is from a fan's perspective. If you know that somebody has already been judged good enough to go number one overall, I'm not saying even talking about the situations where a quarterback wasn't taken with the first pick. If you already know somebody was good enough to go number one overall, at least as some GM thought so, then it's a 10 out of 19 uh, number of successes. All right, number two through five, five for 15. That's a third of the time. Number 6 through 15, 5 for 20, a quarter of the time. Second half of the first round goes down to 3 out of 23. The second round, it actually goes up a little bit, which is a little surprising. I think it's a data fluke. I tried to think about if there was an explanation, and I think it's a data fluke. 7 for 35, so about 1 in 5. And then there's a steep drop-off. The third or fourth round 
is about the same as the fifth round and after that, as far as percentage. It's 3 for 95 or 7 for 192. All right, so there's not much of a difference there. It's really low. Okay? So, but it's non-trivial. So, you know, if you've got a 4% chance, that's, that's something to maybe not hang your hat on, but it's something worth a shot in the dark, I guess. Okay. But you gotta, you gotta not trust in that. Don't, don't say, oh, my plan for drafting a franchise quarterback is to take someone in the fifth round. You're not gonna, not gonna please a lot of owners that way. So, that's, as a fan, if you want to know the probability that a given candidate will be a success, that's the data to look at. And it's pretty grim. By the way, it's not quite, uh, it's not quite, what am I trying to say even? I'm trying to say that if you want to look at the probability from a fan's perspective that something's going to be a success, you don't just look at the ratio of the percentage of the time that it's happened. So let's say, let's take the number two through five pick. It has a five out of 15. That's how often it's happened. That doesn't mean that there's a one in three chance the next guy is going to be a franchise quarterback. Okay, here's how you would do it. Because if, let's say this happened 15 out of 15 times, that doesn't mean that there's a 100% chance that the next guy is going to be a franchise quarterback. Or if it never happened in 15 picks, that doesn't mean there's a 0% chance. So, you know, that just shows you can't just take the ratio of times that it's happened. You have to do something else a little clever. And if you are willing to walk in and say, I have no idea what the chance is before I look at the data, it could be anywhere from, you know, 0 to 1, 0 to 100% could be equally likely to be 50%, 90%, 10%. I have no idea. So if, if the probability of success, before you look at any of the historical data, is uniformly distributed, then all you have to do, it's a nifty little mathematical trick, and you can prove mathematically that this is the right thing to do. If you want to know the, next likely, the likelihood that one particular guy is going to be a success, just add one success and one failure to your tally. So... We have a 5 out of 15 is the observed success rate. So say uh, you, that's 5 successes and 10 failures. Just go with 6 successes and 11 failures. So that would be 6 out of 17. And that would be your probability of the next guy picked at that position succeeding. Okay, so that's just a little nifty little trick you can do. Uh, there's... Uh, if you want an explanation of that, there's a, a video on 3Blue1Brown's YouTube channel. You can go learn more about that. Okay? That's my little plug for my favorite YouTube channel. Did I just out myself as a math guy? I don't know. Uh, okay, so if we do that little adjustment, then number one overall, you've got about a 52% chance. 2 through 5, 35%. 6 through 15, 28%. And then second half of first round is 16%. Second round is 21%, but if you combine those two, since I think that was just kind of a fluke, then we'll make those equal and say a, a even 18%. And third or fourth round, fifth round plus is all 4%. Okay, so really pretty grim, even if you're a fan, even if you know that this guy's been taken. Now, what if you're a general manager? It gets even worse, because if you're a general manager... It might be the case that somebody's not worth being taken number one overall. So if you have the top pick uh, and you say, I'm absolutely going to take the top quarterback regardless, then your chances of success are even lower than if you already know that somebody decided it was worth taking the number one pick, overall pick. So I went in and analyzed that, and I looked at, okay, what if you 
uh, go with the number one overall pick, or what if you go with the number four overall pick, the number 10 overall pick, the number 16 overall pick, the first pick of the second round, the 50th overall pick, first pick of the third round, and first pick of the fourth round. I looked at all of those positions and said, how likely are you if you had just taken the top guy based on your evaluations at that point, how likely would that be to succeed and get you a franchise quarterback? And unsurprisingly, it's, a, it's even lower than the previous data. Uh, all right, so how did I decide who the top guy was? I just looked at the list of quarterbacks taken and took the top guy uh, from that list. So uh, I just went and said, all right, if, if I don't know, if, uh, let's see. So if Jared Goff was taken before Carson Wentz, then Jared Goff was the top guy. Now, there could have been some other GM who had a different evaluation than that. Right, but uh, but there's at least some GM who thought that each quarterback taken was better than all the rest of the quarterbacks, and so if you're gonna rank them in any way, this is the way to do it. Okay, at, at least at every point there was one GM somewhere in the NFL who thought that this was the best guy remaining. So you may as well just sort of, I don't know, kind of couple all of those and hope that you know, cross your fingers and hope that that's uh, a reasonable thing to do. Okay, so. I need to explain a little bit more how I how I counted this data. So think about this. Jared Goff was taken number one overall, so he's clearly the, the top guy. And so if I want to know what if you had taken the top guy with the number one pick, Jared Goff would count as a success for that. But so would Matt Ryan and Steve McNair, even though they were both taken at number three, there was nobody taken before them. So if you had been in that draft and you had said, I'm going to take the top guy, with my number one overall pick, that top guy would be Matt Ryan. So I'm counting that as a success. But then also, I'm counting more failures because there were a lot of times when nobody took the top guy and there was a reason for it. And so our success rate's gonna go down. It's gonna go down to 14 out of 35. Okay, uh, it was previously, it was 10 out of 19. 14 out of 35 is lower than that. That's for your number one overall pick. Now, Aaron Rodgers is going to count as a success at three different points because he wasn't taken until the 24th pick. So he's going to count as a success for the number four overall pick because somebody else was taken before him, so he wasn't the top guy based on the analysis at the time. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers turned out to be better than, ah, who was taken before Aaron Rodgers? Somebody was still pretty good, if I remember right. Give me just a second, I'm gonna pull that up. Rogers. Ah, Alex Alex Smith was taken number one overall. Okay, and that was a failure uh, because he was not the face of the franchise for long enough. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers was taken number 24. I'm not counting him as a success for number one overall because he was not evaluated that way, right? We're not trying to t figure out who's actually best. We're trying to figure out, based on your evaluations, if you take the guy you think is best, how likely are you to be right? Okay, so Aaron Rodgers does not count as a success or a failure for number one. He's he's not the guy for that. He counts as a success. Uh, 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 he counts as a success for number four, ten, and sixteen. Sorry about that, uh, because if you had taken the top guy left at number four, which people were stupid enough not to do, uh, then you would get Aaron Rodgers. Same with number 10 and number 16. Okay, so he counts three times. Other, other people, you know, things like that. Okay, so 
14 out of 35 for number one overall pick, seven out of 35 for number four overall pick. We're already down to a one in five chance, which that was that was our chance in the previous analysis for the second round, seven out of 35. So now we're down to seven out of 35, and it's only the number four overall pick, which means if you're desperate for a franchise quarterback, and if you have the number four overall pick, there's a good chance you are, or if you're the Dolphins, number five, if you just cross your fingers and say, I'm going to take the top quarterback no matter what, or think about the Chargers, right? They need somebody. They're not. They're probably going to take a quarterback, and they're probably not going to take a quarterback because they think that Justin Herbert or whoever's left when they pick is so good. They're probably going to take a quarterback because they just need a guy. Okay, you've got a, 7 out of 35 is the historical probability if you had taken whoever the top guy was at number 4. At number 10, it's 8 out of 35. Again, these things kind of change. There's there's flukes that happen, right? Uh, you know, historical data is, is going to include some noise, and there's a lot of variability here. And uh, so 8 out of 35, 7 out of 35. Okay. Number 16 overall pick, 5 out of 35. First pick of the second round, 6 out of 35. So again, that happens. Uh, and that's sort of maybe proof that that the original thing was a fluke, that this isn't, it's not like you're actually more likely to succeed if you pick in the second round than if you pick in the first round. It's just a fluke, okay? Because my initial my initial thought was maybe it's because if you pick in the bottom half of the first round, you're just desperate, but if you pick in the second round, it's because it's actually the best guy, but it doesn't seem like the data bears that out. And then 2 through 50, we've got 1 out of 35. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. Round 3 pick number first pick of round three one out of 35 that's russell wilson round four pick one one out of 35 that's kirk cousins and uh, i should i should say two out of 35 there i forgot to update it cousins and brunel i don't know who brunel was but he was a quarterback before my time and by the way uh somebody like boomer esiason is going to count for a success for round one Round uh, pick one, pick four, pick ten, pick sixteen, for, and first pick of the second round because he wasn't actually taken until the first pick of the second round, but he was the first quarterback taken. No one was taken in the first round. And same with uh, Randall Cunningham the next year. Can you imagine that happening today? I can't imagine a first round going by with no quarterbacks being taken. Uh, but both of them ended up being franchise quarterbacks, so they probably should have been taken earlier. All right, so what does this all mean? Well, I was listening to a press conference with Colts manager, general manager, Chris Ballard, and he said, you can't force a franchise quarterback. You can't force a pick for quarterback. And I think this is exactly what he's talking about. He's a very smart guy. I think he's doing exactly this kind of analysis. And I think he's looking and saying, we need a franchise quarterback. At least we do soon. But if we just force ourselves to take the best guy available at our, you know, we had the number 13 pick before we traded it to to the 49ers for DeForest Buckner. If we just force ourselves to take the best guy at number 13, we've got, you know, maybe a one in five chance of success. That's not good enough. You don't give, you don't want to give up a 13th overall pick when you could get somebody who's an instant contributor to the biggest area of need on your team, you don't want to give up your chance to do that for a one-in-five shot 
at a franchise quarterback. So how do you get a franchise quarterback? Well, at some point, you've got to draft a guy, right? But you should also be looking for other options. Bring in a veteran. Look for a Ryan Tannehill kind of player, somebody who has maybe not succeeded elsewhere, but you see enough in him that you think he could succeed in your system. You know, Ryan Tannehill was somebody who, in my podcast with Andrew Kapersky, we talked about how, or he, he explained to me how he was uh, really good when he had a good play-action option, but he didn't have a lot of that in Miami. Tennessee has a fantastic running game with Derrick Henry, so they probably knew that and knew that, you know, this could be a good fit for him. Uh, you know, we've got Marcus Mariota. Maybe he's the backup, but maybe he could compete some, and it turns out he... Uh, really turned the franchise around. That's the kind of thing you should look for. Find a quarterback who you think that there's a good reason to believe can be successful in your system. Um, bring in a veteran like Philip Rivers or you know Tom Brady that like the Bucks are doing. Bring in a veteran who still has it in him, like Peyton Manning to the Denver Broncos. Those are the smart kinds of moves. Uh, if you can find a way to get a quarterback for the time being and give yourself more time and more flexibility so that you don't have to jump at the first guy available. I think that's exactly what Chris Ballard is doing, and I think it's very smart. The best model uh, that I've seen at this, when you need a franchise quarterback, look at what the Chiefs did. Look at what the Chiefs did. So they brought in Alex Smith, somebody who had had some struggles, some ups and downs in San Francisco. They brought him in, made him an effective starter, not perfect, but effective, a good starter, somebody who potentially could have been the face of the franchise, um, but they kept looking as well. And then they ended up, when the right guy came up, they didn't try to force it, they didn't try to uh, just take somebody because they had to take somebody, they waited until they found somebody that they loved. And they took Pat Mahomes, had him sit for a year, and now look where they are, they've won a Super Bowl. That is the model that I think is the best way to get a franchise quarterback. Obviously, if you are lucky enough or unlucky enough to have the number one overall pick and somebody great comes up like Joe Burrow, you know, you should probably take him. Uh, and, and maybe he'll, you know, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck. We've had that happen in Indianapolis twice, and it's been great, except that Andrew Luck retired early. Probably should have stuck with Peyton Manning looking back in retrospect. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Okay, but it, you know, it can be a very good thing to take somebody with the number one overall pick. But even if you do, you should know that you still only have about a 50% success rate. Okay, so that's about all I've got today. Uh, so you can go, you can go when you watch the draft, when you discuss it with all your friends, just predict that every quarterback's going to be a failure. You've got a, a, at least a 50% chance of being right, roughly, even for the number one guy taken. Well, maybe not in this case. Maybe Joe Burrow's something special or whatever. Um, but generally speaking, uh, take take him off the board if, if you happen to know a reason why he's extra good. And, and, you know, from what I've been hearing, he probably is. I haven't actually watched any film on him yet. Looking forward to seeing how he plays. But uh, overall, mostly, when you see a quarterback being taken, you can be pretty safe telling your friends that you think he's going to fail. You'll be wrong sometimes, but you'll be right more than half the time. And... Uh, then you can brag about it. Okay. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, subscribe, send me an email, do all the things you normally do when you like podcasts. Keep listening to it on Spotify, Google Play, Apple. I think I'm on all those platforms. So, and uh, have a great day. Be safe. Uh, 
I haven't said anything really about the uh, the whole disease that's out there. I guess I made some reference to zoo- having water coolers over Zoom or whatever. But there's a pandemic going on, folks. Be safe. Uh, brush your teeth. Say your prayers. Don't do drugs or run while you chew gum. I'll talk to you next time.